Hello, Switched On crew. Dan here with today's signals on how to improve your life. With me is Sean Crane. He's the author of a new book, Prison of Your Own, Coach, and more. A great quote from Sean in the episode. I felt not in control and was living carelessly. Join us and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Switched On Podcast. Today, we have Sean Crane with us. Let's dive in, Sean, and have you start by giving us a few more details on your background. Yeah, my name is Sean Michael Crane. Uh, I'm a life coach, author. I just published my, my first book, Prison of Your Own. Uh, I live in Santa Barbara, California. I have three beautiful children, my wife. Um, life is good, man. That's awesome. You know, Santa Barbara is a great <laughs> is a great place. And especially with kids and all of that. It's a phenomenal uh, lo- locale. It's paradise, Dan. Yeah. So Sean, it's signing on your book. I'm looking forward to diving into it myself. I just, I didn't know you had actually put that out before when we scheduled this. So it's exciting to know that you've got that coming because we all need help with this kind of mentality. As we dive in a little bit, um, you had made a statement in one of the things I had read in the pre-show about from a cement box, um, you were able to take control of your life. I think it's really cool for everybody to hear a little bit of your story because it's not a normal uh, path, but it's uh, an amazing transition. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, my entire life leading up to being incarcerated, um, I didn't feel like I was in control of my life. I felt more like a victim as if things were just constantly happening to me and they were beating me down. And uh, I found myself addicted to drugs and alcohol, really hopeless with no direction. I mean, I had a lot of family around me. I had a lot of support. My own parents were um, battling their own demons. So there was a lot of pain growing up that I didn't deal with. And I sought to numb it and check out as often as I could. And when I found myself incarcerated for a crime I did not commit, um, I didn't have anything to turn to externally to try to numb myself. I couldn't hide from the truth in my life any longer. And what happened was I had been living my whole life, like I said, at a loss of control. Uh, I, had, I wasn't in control of myself, my emotions. Um, so I couldn't have the type of effect or impact on my life that I wanted. You know, I was just drifting aimlessly. So here I am locked up in this cell 23 hours a day with absolutely nothing but my own thoughts. The truth started to emerge because I was reflecting and the introspection on a daily basis allowed me to start seeing you know, what life truly was in my eyes um, and how I had neglected it. And that was one of the most profound moments in my life that I started to understand the value of this journey, right? How it's precious and it's, it's limited. We don't get to live forever in this life. Um, and that did something to me, Dan, because, you know, up until that point, being so young and living carelessly, I didn't have that perspective. So I realized that if I was going to make this journey count, it started with me. It started with me and every little thought, every little action, everything I did moment to moment, how that would accumulate and lead to the life that I live. So despite the fact that I was incarcerated, I started becoming hyper-focused on all of my thoughts, all of my emotions, um, and and really assuring that all of those were in alignment with the, the person that I wanted to be going forward, not the person of the past. Yeah, that's, uh, I wrote a few comments down here. Um, one of the things living carelessly is, um, 
something that I never really thought of myself as a careless person, but as I progressed through life and then as I started to awaken, um, I started to realize I lived so carelessly. I just didn't pay attention and didn't really honor um, what was really happening and what was really possible in this whole journey that we call life. So it's uh, it's a really cool way to say it, just living carelessly, because I think a lot of us just kind of go through the motions and really don't give it the value. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that was me. And uh, going through that experience completely transformed the way I, I look at myself and my life because I saw how how precious it was and how quickly things could be taken away. And when they're taken away, I believe that's when we can truly understand the, the value, you know, stuff that we overlook. And that's what happened to me. I mean, there was a time where I didn't know how much uh, time I would be incarcerated for. They were talking about having me incarcerated for decades or half my life. And I looked at it as if I, I died and came back to life. And this was my second chance. And that was the mentality that I started to approach every single day with, despite the fact that I was incarcerated and with that approach and mentality and the gratitude that started to surface within me for getting the second chance, for being alive and having this opportunity, I started to, to maximize my days in a jail cell and transform my life. So how did the, the time there get shortened then? Was this something that kind of manifested out of your new mindset of gratitude and you know, kind of living more into the possibilities. Is that what was that what pulled that time frame in, or was there another thing that uh, injected in? As far as the amount of time I, I was incarcerated, yeah, yeah. Well, in the legal system, and uh, you know, in the criminal legal system uh, or justice system, oftentimes they they try to you know scare you with lengthy sentences, or they start off with a really big number and then they can work down. And so at first they were talking about putting me in prison for life because someone was really harmed and I was blamed for it. Uh, someone almost lost their life. So the severity of it, right. It was very intense. It was um, very serious matter. Um, so through the ordeal of going to court of, you know, evidence being brought forth, um, they decided to, to still charge me with a crime, unfortunately, um, but give me a, a lesser sentence. So they charged me with assault with a deadly weapon for seven years. Um, and this is a crime I didn't commit, Dan, right? But I had to sit there and accept it because uh, it was the police report, you know, the, the whole scenario was just completely against me. There was no way I could win in trial. So here I am at 23 years old, realizing I have to plead guilty for a crime I didn't commit. Um, but going into prison with the mentality that this is gonna change my life for the better, and I'm going to make each day count so that I can come home and live the life in my heart. I felt like I was always supposed to live. Wow. That's powerful. It's really amazing. When you talk about um, what you transformed, you know, your mentality, your routines, and, and then that led to the results. What are the thing, some, what are some of the things you attacked in there to, um, to transform? Yeah. So you know, we think that we need big accomplishments to change who we are and our outcomes in life. And I realized early on that that's not the case at all. In fact, it's the smallest, most simple things that we do on a daily basis that shape and mold our reality, our perspective, our mindset, and how we're living our lives. And the precursor for me was belief that if I gave my all to everything that I did, no matter what, that it would improve me and my life. 
And I was going to create this energy, this confidence, this belief inside of me that would then carry over to the bigger things, the bigger opportunities later on. So for me, it started with getting up early. It started with having a specific morning routine. It started with the way I cleaned my jail cell, the floor, with as much pride as I could. Um, It started with all my workouts on a daily basis, pushing myself to become stronger, fitter. Um, All of my letters written home to be immaculate, perfect spelling, perfect penmanship, Um, all of these little things, you know, reading and then looking up words in the dictionary because I didn't know the meaning and memorizing them. Anything that I could touch or get my hands on inside that cell, I would, I would exhaust it, right? I would do it to the best of my ability and I would do it consistently every day. And that started to, to shape the way I approached, you know, every day of my life. That started to shape the way I perceived myself and my abilities because early on, Dan, I was out of shape. Uh, you know, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol. I didn't really have much of a formal education, so I didn't think I was intelligent. So early on, I would write letters home and people would tell me, hey, you misspelled this word. Hey, this word's not spelled right. And I would have to ask my celly, you know, how to pretty much write the whole letter. I didn't like the way that made me feel because in here, my true self, the person I knew deep within, that's not who I was, but I had just neglected myself for so many years. So one day I asked my cellmate, hey, how do you spell such and such word? And he threw a dictionary at me and hit me in the shoulder, a little small dictionary. And this was one of, one of those moments that changed my life forever. And initially I got kind of upset because he hit me with the dictionary. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to show him. I'm going to show the world what I'm capable of. I started looking up every word. I started writing my letters as if they're going to be published in the New York times to the best of my ability, um, to the point where I could see my writing change. I could start to feel my, my, my mind, my intellect, my speed of thought improve my memory, all these things. And people would write me letters back, you know, Sean, are you still writing these letters? You having someone else do it, your penmanship, your spelling, everything's improving. Um, and then, you know, I'll never forget my cellmate would write letters to like to girls and friends. And he asked me to write a poem for them one time. And so I wrote a poem and they wrote back and they loved it. They loved it. They were like, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't believe you wrote that poem. And in that moment, I realized, wow. So me putting forth the effort, not making an excuse, just giving my all and seeing what happens. I got this positive feedback. And in there, that was the, that seed of belief. I can do this. And that started to carry over to other things. When I went to prison, I had the opportunity to take college correspondence courses. Now, having gone through those experiences early on in the county jail and that belief that started to form in my ability, I never would have taken them because all my life, I would shy away from things like that for fear of judgment, fear of not being good enough, fear of failure. But I went for it and I ended up getting four college degrees while incarcerated. I got six months off of my sentence, right? That gave me the confidence to go forth and write a book when I came home. It just transformed everything. So that small decision in the cell early on to just give my all and not allow fear to hold me back like it had my whole life, it changed my whole life. It changed everything for me. Wow, that's really great. I love listening to you on that segment you just went through. The um, few things that I triggered on in there was you know putting forth the effort and putting forth the effort to do it right, or, or to do it that in in a way that you actually you know you care about what you're what you're doing, is something that um, I know we all struggle with it. And it, it triggered a memory for me in the last startup company I was in. As the company was scaling, I was starting to let down a lot of people because I wasn't responding to emails. I was letting two or three days go by, and I was really starting to bog down the whole company. And I, I literally, I came home and I said, okay, I got to completely redo 
who I'm being and how I'm being and recreated a new process that gave people, you know, I will respond by 9am tomorrow morning, no matter what. And as soon as I did that, it like unlocked the power of the whole company. Cause then people weren't sitting around waiting for is he or isn't going to respond crap. You know, I lost a day, um, but just paying attention, just caring enough. It really taught me a big lesson. And as you just said that it triggered that memory of, wow, such an important point. So thanks for bringing that out. I think it's one for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when you look at um, this path and the book that you just brought out, the prison of your own is the name, right? Yes. What, what's your big motivation behind that book? You know, obviously the name says a lot, but what are the the things you're really trying to punch out for people? Yeah. So it goes back to what we just talked about, how, you know, a lot of times in life, oftentimes we are stuck or we feel like we're not living up to our potential and doing what we truly want. And it's simply because we're holding back. We're our own worst enemy, right? And we can't even see it. And you and I discussed this before we started this interview. So what happened when I went to jail and I was incarcerated and there was no um, distractions, there was no people, there was no phones, TV, no job, no children to take care of is I could started to see the truth. I started to see the truth. And the truth was that it was me. I lived carelessly. You know, my actions indirectly led me to that cell. Um, all, I just saw the truth about all of my decisions over the years. And I realized in that moment, I hadn't done anything in my life that I'm proud of or that I truly wanted to do deep in my heart. And that crushed me. That crushed me because I had so much potential and so many opportunities growing up in Santa Barbara, California. And so I realized that a lot of people go their whole lives holding back for fear. Fear, am I good enough? Um, Self-doubt, being judged by others. And we don't go after what we really want. And then we end up at some place in our lives with immense regret and remorse for not following through with what we wanted to do. So I wrote this book to show that no matter where you're at in your life or what you've been through, you can shift your perspective and mentality to go from somebody who listens to fear and doubt and follows that path and gets that outcome. And you can start to follow your heart and be the person you want every day and every moment. And when you do so, the energy and excitement that is created inside of you is indescribable. I mean, I started doing this in a jail cell just by, like I said, looking up words, uh, cleaning my floor, like starting to take college courses, anything to the best of my ability and whatever intuition, whatever I felt in my heart that I wanted to do and, and pursue, I did. And every time there was fear and doubt there, are you good enough? Can you do it? And I did it anyways, because at this point, I have nothing. I have nothing to lose. I'm incarcerated. And I started to see how I felt really good and proud of myself for doing it and how you know I was more capable than I had previously thought. And then other doors and opportunities would surface, or I would have the confidence to pursue another goal. Um, and I steadily followed my vision, Dan, the whole time in prison. That led me to, like I said, getting college degrees, going through the drug programs they have in there and becoming an inmate counselor and mentoring other inmates, which helped me to discover my passion and my purpose of serving people, of coaching people, of guiding people. So that gave me a new vision of what I wanted to do when I came home. When I came home, the challenges were still there. I'm an ex-felon. I have no money in my pocket, no car, no, no amenities. I have nothing. I'm starting from zero. But I continued to just follow my heart and pursue my vision. And those fears were there. The anxiety, the stress was there. But I had built that confidence in self through all those small decisions for five and a half years. 
So that allowed me to start working in gyms with clients and helping them with their health and fitness to starting online coaching platforms and becoming a life coach, a, a published author, like all of these things that I never would have done if I didn't face my fears and follow my heart. And that's the message in the book that we're built with this internal compass, this moral compass. Every day we have decisions we make. Are those decisions in alignment with doubt and fear? Or are they in alignment with what you truly want? If you couldn't fail, what actions would you be taking? And I feel like that's the one of the over, overarching premise of our lives is that like, are your decisions creating the life that you want or are they holding you back and leading you down a life of regret? Yeah. The, some of the ways I've thought about that um, is I realized that one of my default ways of trying to do things was always using force. And what I mean by that was, you know, not really going the way I, I kind of felt that internal compass was directing me, but geez, I I'm smart enough. I'm strong enough. I'm this, that, and other, I can make that happen and no matter what. And even if it wasn't supposed to happen, I'd figure out a way to make it happen. But in there, there's a real pattern there of those things that I've forced to happen really never worked out um, the way that I wanted and really being much more aligned to the intuition and the signals I'm getting and the, and the things that are supposed to be followed. Uh, the path there is uh, much easier and my success rate uh, of those things working out is completely different. So really, uh, really cool. When you think about people listening, spending a half an hour with us and you want them to take away one message um, from this that they can use tomorrow, rest of their life. Um, what is the one thing? I mean, I, I'm hearing a pretty common drumbeat from you, but love for you to sum up, you know, here's, here's the one thing. Yeah. You know, it's hard to like sum it up into one sentence, one message. So if I had to pick one, it would be what I just touched on, Dan, is that, and that a lot of people doubt themselves or feel like they're not good enough. That's a very common theme in our society. Right. And it's just that they're not trying and they're holding back. It's that simple. You might fail a hundred times, but that hundred and first time you nail it, right? You have to develop your ability through trial and error. The way we do that every time is pay attention to every decision, every action. Is it in alignment with fears and doubts I have about myself? Or am I, you know, taking a chance and pushing myself to be better by following my heart? If you take two people with the same scenario in life, the same environment, all the same factors. One person listens to their, their doubt and allows fear to hold them back. And the other person is courageous enough to follow their heart and pursue things that they want despite those fears and watch the outcomes of those two individuals. One person's going to have an extraordinary life. The other person's not. And it's that simple. And that's the truth. That's the truth that I uncovered in myself. Yeah, there's a lot of things you mentioned earlier, waking up early. And I was laughing inside because there was a lot of years I've always loved to wake up early. I, I just love that early morning window. My brain is clear. My physical feels great. And I've always, I loved it. But I went through a long period of time where a lot of people questioned it. You know, like, what? why do you get up so early? Sleeping like everybody else. What's wrong with you? Why Why are you doing that? And it actually makes you feel like you're you're wrong or you're, why are you being different? Why aren't you like everybody else? And then you get to a different stage where I was like, 
oh man, this is a gift that I wake up early. I, I am so fortunate to be in this window of time where the world is quiet and I've got this ability to really relish in it. Um, I find a lot of the times that we tend to make ourselves feel like we're, you know, we're wrong just because we're different. And that gets into your fear and all of that because um, you're fearful that, oh my God, why am I different? And you just don't want to be there. Yeah, that's a really important subject that you just brought up. Uh, we want to be accepted, right? And that's there's nothing wrong with that. But when you have a vision of who you want to be and where you're going in life that is so compelling, that just inspires you, then those, those voices are drowned out very quickly. So we need to understand why we're doing what we're doing, right? Where are we going in life? What's that vision look like? And are our daily actions aligned to that vision, right? Because then when people are saying, hey, why do you do this and that? And you look at their life and the results they're getting, it's pretty evident, right? And right. I experienced that in prison. Guys would say all the time, why are you taking college courses? That's never going to benefit you. Why do you work out so much, man? You have five years to go. Um, why are you wasting your time mentoring these other inmates? They're just going to go back to drugs and get locked up again. If I would have listened to all those voices for those five and a half years, I would have came out miserable. I would have done nothing with my time, right? I would have been like everyone else around me. So that helped me because then I realized... Out here, it's the same thing. People question what they're not um, sure about. They question what's different, right? What's what's not yeah. common. Um, but I don't want to be common because I found something within me that I feel is helping me to live a better life and to take the most out of every day. So I'm going to follow that process as often as possible. And for me, I, I love the early mornings too, man. I get up at 3.15 every day because I have young children. And if I'm going to have time for myself to reflect to, to connect and meditate and prepare myself for the day. That's what it takes. So that's what I do. That's awesome. You are another early morning warrior. I'm up, I'm up, up at four guys. So uh, you got me beat a little bit, but oh man, I just love that time of day. I, I, I can't miss my couple of hours of just doing all the things. That's when I write. It's when I do my best thinking. It's, it's really a magical uh, moment of, uh, each day for me. And then the sun comes up and everything's off to the races, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. that, that's neat. I love it that you found that process. The, um, you know, the holding back the fear, um, over the last seven years, uh, as you and I talked, you know, I've become fully plant-based vegan and I have never experienced more resistance from people I know and people I don't know about just questioning that journey, not having any understanding of it themselves, but being convinced that it was the wrong thing to do. And you're bucking this amazing amount of momentum uh, to make this change. And then uh, what was amazing is like, a few years into the Jersey, went and saw my mom and my mom looked at me and she's like, what are you doing? Your skin has changed. You're younger something has shifted in you. And all of a sudden, everybody started noticing, wow, you know, your energy's crazy. You look younger. You All these other things shifted. And, and all of a sudden, they're starting to say, wait a minute, you know, maybe I should be doing some of this. But it's been an amazing amount of friction and people you know, just not wanting you to change. Um, you really, really do have to be principled and have that why and that vision you, you set for yourself. I heard a great thing that's helped me is I read a, 
a book by Andy Grove. He was one of the guys from Intel and he had written this book and he said, look, the better you define the problem, the better you are going to solve the problem. And so in, in Intel speak, it was, if you define a product really well, then you'll get that product to market with way less expense and faster because you're not making changes. And so I've used that problem definition in work and in personal and in my pursuit of health, my problem definition was I want to live to 110 with full brain function and full body function. And then I started reversing back from that saying, okay, what are all the things I need to be doing? And then questioning and saying, oh, man, should I really eat that pizza? What's that pizza do to my goal? Okay, uh, pizza's out, you know, and then, you know, you start really easily attacking it, but uh, really cool. Love the mindset. The next thing I always ask is cauliflower moment. And um, this is a moment where you had a belief and you had to really dig deep and change it. And then the outcomes of that, it changed your life or it changed those around you for the better. Uh, so can't wait to hear what your, your idea of a cauliflower moment, because I'm sure you've got many. Yeah, I mean, which one to choose, right? I think for me personally, the one that was most impactful and, and absolutely necessary for me to change my life was I'll never forget, I was in county jail and you would go back and forth from the county jail to the courthouse once a week to see the judge, the, the attorney, see what was going on with your case. And they would have you shackled up at the wrists and the ankles all day long, riding on a bus and then in a, a room, you know, very uncomfortable. I was there all day. I was the last person to be seen. I was just down below in the holding cell by myself, just reflecting, you know, probably as at a low of a point in my life that I could ever be. It's not much worse than that. Hungry, tired, alone, handcuffed, looking at tons of time in prison. You don't even know how much you're going to do. Um, and this moment, right, I'm sitting there reflecting and out of nowhere, a thought appeared and it was not a question, but it was an answer. I don't ever have to use drugs or alcohol ever again. Wow. And for me, that was revolutionary because I identified with the individual who had used drugs and alcohol to escape his whole life. All that pain I went through, the trauma from my childhood, being abandoned by my parents, I didn't want to face that. I didn't want to accept that. So I numbed myself and I, I hid from it. I ran from it. And that, that was that fear-based mentality that led me down that dark path I went down in life. And so in that moment, I remember just feeling this liberating you know, feeling this weight lifted off my shoulders, like, wow, I can really exist in this life as a new, healthier version of myself, free of that um, addiction. And I've never touched drugs or alcohol ever since. I have over eight years of sobriety. And from that moment on, I completely started to change. I started to have a different perception of myself. Um, that's where that gratitude and that love for self and life started to derive because I wasn't checked out. I wasn't numb. I could start to connect to these emotions and feelings on a daily basis. And Dan, you mentioned something about the early morning hour. I would get up early and you're so attuned and connected in that early morning hour because stress hasn't overwhelmed you. You haven't had to do a million things throughout the day. So you can think and connect on such a deeper level. And that's when all the answers in my life started to materialize. All the visions of who I wanted to become and what I wanted to do started to surface. And then it was up to me to follow through with small actions every day. But that process literally changed my entire life. And I continue to do that every day. I get up early so I can have that time to, to truly reflect and almost look into the future. Like, what do, what do I want and why do I want that? And those visions are powerful. And then you can align your actions to that vision and embody that person every day. And 
you hear people use the word manifestation a lot, and I think it's misused, but it's really understanding what you really want and, and why you want it. And if you want to live that life more than you want that old life and you're willing to do what it takes, you can get there. But it's about connecting to it on a daily basis so that we can really materialize it. Yeah. Wow. You know, we could spend a lot of time talking on that because, you know, we have had some uh, really horrifying displays, you know, in families or people close to us of severe destruction with drugs and alcohol. And it's, um, it's amazing to watch it. And it's amazing to be near it. And, you know, you were in it yourself, but, you know, major props to kicking it and leaving it behind in a cold turkey kind of way, because I've watched some and, and I'm currently watching some people very close to us, just the demon, they can't shake it. And it's so destructive, but it really is what you said, uh, the checked out and numb. Um, I, you know, in one particular case, we just know they're numbing themselves from a lot of things that have gone on for them. And it's hard to be around it, but man, is it cool that you got past it. <laughs> the, uh, but yeah. really cool. Well, listen, you know, Time flies has been great, but how can people connect with you and, you know, get more about your book and what you do for others in your coaching? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook at Sean Michael Crane, uh, my website, SeanMichaelCrane.com. My book just came out two weeks ago, uh, Prison of Your Own. It's available on Amazon. Uh, I'm currently a life coach. I'm doing speaking as well, motivational speaking and starting to travel for that. So I want to share this message with other people, Dan. Um, I feel like a lot of people can relate not to my experience, but to that feeling within, right? The void that I felt and feeling lost and um, wanting to, to find more. But I think a lot of times we search in the wrong areas of life and we don't realize we have the answers within us all along. It's just about being able to connect to that and having the awareness to understand what it is so we can start to follow that path. Um, and that's what I help you know my clients do. I help them to, to make the changes in their lives so that they're living the lives that they love and cherish, not ones that they feel like um, they've kind of given up and just been subjected to. Right. So yeah. um, anybody that wants to reach out to me, I'm always happy to talk. You can find me on those platforms that I mentioned earlier. Beautiful. Well, listen, Sean, thanks for your time and thanks for your powerful story. It's a great uh, awakening for all of us. There's certain parts of it that we all uh, go through. So it's really cool. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Dan. I really appreciate it. Thank you.